subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, it's anything but hot this morning, man. It is uh, it is cold here across the natural state. Brutal, man. I mean, it is winter time. That's for sure. It's uh, it's hard to even stand outside. Yeah. I was watching the uh, the weather early this morning. Uh, the local weather, and they they said we bottomed out as far as temperatures or overnight. That you know, there's some minus four, minus six in Bentonville, but. Even even already, it's starting to climb. I guess the warmer air is moving in, whatever, even though the sun hadn't come up. But while, while it doesn't feel better, one's better than minus five, I guess. But I guess we've, we've seen the worst of this wave, at least. It's going to get a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, it, it just feels great with one degree well, right now. I'm just saying it's not going to get worse. I, it, just, it just feels like the worst is over and, and, and springs right hey, around the corner. I'm trying to be an optimist here. Trying, well. trying to be uh, a positive. I will, if, I, if I would take one positive this morning is that when I got to my car at like 4 o'clock, I wiped off the snow and there was no ice. Well, it's a dry, it's just, yeah, you know, it's very dry. So it was yeah. nice that that again that aspect. If I'm going to take a positive from this weather, and I like the snow. I know that for those that have animals, especially dogs or little kids, this is something that they especially enjoy. I like one good snow, which we have had, and now I'm ready for spring. <laughs> pass it, just pass, bypass it straight to spring. Yeah, let's, I think let's just move straight on to an early yeah, I, spring. We've I got don't, a nice snow. It's it's been great. Let's get it melted. Let's let's turn the page. I don't really require all four seasons. I don't. I could live without winter. You can live without. Yeah, winter. I don't. I don't really require all four. Um, it was cool. I uh, I enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't really bother me that much, but I get a, a lot of other people. So whether you're driving this morning, I looked. We have a, a wreck right now near Knoxville and, and Clarksville, but I'm not seeing anything else right now on the I Drive Arkansas app. So uh, if you do, well, see- if you're just not a knucklehead, it's passable out there. Yeah, you've got to get to work today. A lot of people were off for the holiday anyway, being Martin Luther King Day, so schools were closed. A lot of people already off work, so um, probably not a lot of traffic out there today. Yep. Nope. That's a good point. So again, if you are out there, if you're not calling in work and not working remote, or you are working on Martin Luther King Day, be safe driving around. Here this morning, well, Chuck did not go according to plan in Gainesville. I know uh, Eric Musselman is very disappointed in his team's performance. We're going to hear from him coming up. But uh, what was your say? Your biggest takeaway from what we saw on Saturday? Well, they got beat. I mean, they got beat badly, and it was uh, you know Florida's got a really good front line, uh, maybe the best we've seen so far. To be real honest about it, I'm just talking about the front line. I think they've. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do against Tennessee and Knoxville, but they will have played Kentucky and Tennessee inside the first three or four games, and I'll bet they rip off a lot of wins after that. I think they're good. Um, you know, Arkansas right now, they're they're not just losing games. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're losing by wide margins. Uh, the good news is you've got two games at home this week. That's not been an automatic this year. They're just going to have to keep fighting through this. They're not playing well right now. They're struggling. And, um, 
you just got to find a way to win two games this week, but you can't win two until you win one. Lisa texted on the McCarty Dana hotline. She's already ready for baseball after this football season and this basketball season. Still do have, again, 15 conference games that remain. but uh, she's Well, there is snow on the ground, so if yeah. baseball is nearby. Yeah, so. you do have that coming up. Uh, I think it's, again, it's irritating for what happened. I, I think it's almost compounded with what happened at football season because you expected this basketball team to be your shining light, and it hasn't materialized like that at least through this point. Well, I can't speak to that. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what people's expectations, uh, you know, each, each individual's got their own expectation. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. This was a game where a lot of, a lot of different Razorbacks played. I mean, when you get beat by 22 and you were never really in the contest uh, competitively, uh, only led for a minute and a half of the whole game, um, you know, Guys get chances. There's a feeling, Chuck, you know, just listening to, to to Muss after the game, hearing some of the things Jimmy Dyke said. If you went back and watched it, it there's a feeling like maybe Eric Mussman's going to maybe maybe look at a different rotation, different lineup, and uh, go with some different guys moving forward. Well, maybe. I mean, you've still got to put your best players out there. Um, now, ideally, your best players give you the best effort. Uh, if they don't, you've got to go with some guys that are maybe – trying a little bit harder i thought and you know i i I assume you're speaking opinion and blocker because ty was talking about him a minute ago um you know those those guys played with a lot of energy and um you know they again it sounds cliche-ish but um they 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 played for the name on the front of the jersey yep and here's what must said about those two after the game i thought joseph pinion did a really good job i thought blocker did a good job i mean you look at laden played 23 minutes tonight and he was plus two d harris only played four minutes but he was plus two Cade in a minute was plus two i thought joseph like i've mentioned played well 12 points four for four from the foul line two for four from three minus one with joseph in his minutes he still got beat as we're saying by 22 but if you want to take a positive it would be from those two and then when lane blocker was the guy that got asked a couple questions after the game here's what he said in regards to him and kind of the second group that came in honestly i think the second group we put out there we did pretty good you know especially in that first half second half you know we came in there bright energy uh, you know got some stops some steals you know got some buckets key buckets you know joseph Payne, he had some key shots when he came in and just overall as a team i just feel like you know the energy we came with that energy off the bench and that's you know what we need you know in the long run late blocker got fouled five different times got it got to the free throw line on every one of those fouls was only six of ten you'd like to see maybe one or two makes but chuck the tens the the more important number there he was willing to go to the hole he got the contact and he got the ftas yeah, Layton played well, and uh, Joseph did too. I wonder if they continue to play some of this 2-3 zone, um, if that would not enable them maybe to play a little bit more. Um, I don't know with Pinion how much man you can play. Blocker can do that. Um, I don't know how much you can with Joseph. Um, you know, here, here's here's the thing is, is that – you know, beyond the first four or five minutes of the game, um, they never really had a chance to win. And I'm not taking anything away from something that a player does off the bench. Um, but it's different doing it at a game that's already decided in a game where, that's right. you know, the outcome's on the line. But what I will say for them is I thought they were trying. 
I mean, I thought they were trying. And they didn't throw in the towel. And I'm not saying the others did. But you could tell those two guys played like they'd like to play a little bit more. Well, you're down. It's like kind of like Tommy, you referenced. You're down 20 points in the first 10 minutes of the game. You didn't get your first paint points until after the first 10 minutes of the game. So not only were they not in for the majority of the game, the game was over really really quickly and I think for again there is a difference between playing on the line but in terms of we always balance like the skill set aspect for a guy maybe more skilled but a guy's trying harder I mean I, I thought Layden should have played the last couple of weeks a little more to this point because yes he misses free he's got to knock down more free throws yes uh, you'd like to see him improve his outside shot but he's the guy at least on defense that's going to give you that effort um, consistently at the guard position which I don't think you've gotten they're the majority of the, the season from some of the other guys. Let's not confuse effort with execution, though. They're two different things. That's true. And, um, yes, I think effort's been there with him all season long. I mean, you can tell. He, he's he's excited about playing. He wants to play, wants to please. Um, he's a coachable player. There are a lot of things to like about Leighton Blocker. But he is a freshman, and he makes freshman mistakes. And, and uh, um you know, some some sometimes guys can be going ninety miles a minute, and and the execution that you need's not there. Well, I think there's also something to be said, or maybe something to be taken out of the fact that these are guys that have only played collegiately at Arkansas, and Pinion and Blocker. Um, you know, there's there's positives I think to that because they know your system. They you're not trying to retrain or or coach out some other habits. Uh, I think younger players that you know while they're while they're not as physically developed as maybe some of the guys you get out of the portal. Uh, you're not also fighting some of the other things that maybe is plaguing this team in places. Well, you may be right about that. You may be. Hey, these guys just need to win a game. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, we're 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 talking about, and, and I say this very respectfully to Leighton Blocker and Joseph Pinion, but if this team's going to turn it around, it's going to have to be some other guys that turn it around. Um, you know, you've you've got to get more production out of your front line guys. Um, you've got to get more production out of your starters and after you know from your sixth and seventh guys off the bench. Um, as much as I like those two guys, you know, you got to have points. You got to have points to win games. And right now, they're not scoring enough points. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah. And um, yes, I loved what they did, and I thought they were trying, and their effort was terrific, and it bodes well for the future. But some of these other guys got to get it going, and I think that's those are the guys that have to play well if 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 there's going to be a real turnaround. Yeah, we can talk about them having a I think a top thirty defense the last three years, but the offensive side that you're bringing up, Chuck, when they're outside of the, the top 80 in a place they've been inside the, the top 60 or 50 the last few years as an area that Arkansas needs to improve. And you're, again, entering conference play, so those numbers are probably going to go down rather than up because the competition at this point well, in time. You, you gave up 90, what was it, 83 against Auburn? How many did they give up against Georgia? I'm, I'm just going off the top of my 76. head. 76. So, I mean, 76. those are the, you know, you know, Georgia might be the most winnable. No, well, obviously it is that just comparing those three, but 83 and 90 – not going to get it done most nights in the SEC. I mean, you, you're going to have to defensively ratchet down. Well, but when you score 51 and 66, well, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, my point is... is You're is, not going to win 55-54. You know, 
my point is, yeah, you can ratchet that defense down as you say ten points. Yeah, and you're still losing. Yeah, that's that's right. So 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 I mean, you got you got to score. But, but we all felt a little better coming out of Georgia getting beat. What was it, ten versus you know, the Auburn and the Florida game where you feel helpless at this mm-hmm. point. So. Well, one of the things you got to, in, in order to add to that scoring total, is you got to hit layups. Uh, they were abysmal on Saturday, and that must buck to it after the game. Well, I don't know if I can improve it. I mean, I, don't, I you know, like I would love to tell you, did we do drills because we knew that they go vertical really well? Absolutely, we did. We had two different stations even this morning. So, did we work on it? Did we talk about it? Yeah. You know, having said that, and I don't have the layup stats, but. You know, Joseph took it in there, and yeah, he might have missed one or two, and so did everybody else, and and certainly Layden took it in there, and I know Layden missed one or two, but I thought they went in there with authority. I thought they tried to get into the body of of the secondary defender. They didn't shoot floaters. You know, they tried to get to the rim, and much respect to those guys to absorb contact and not try to avoid contact. Yeah, again, they got beat by 10 points in the paint. On Saturday, and Florida was good. So we've mentioned them get out rebounded by 17, but uh, those layups, they've just missed a lot of those, not just on Saturday, but this year. Well, go you know, go back to what he said there. He 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 emphasized this many times about absorbing contact, about taking the ball to the rim as opposed to shooting a floater, uh, being willing to absorb that contact. Uh, when I look at this team right now, particularly on the interior, and when they go to the rim off the dribble drive, um, they do not absorb contact well. They do not play through contact well. They can't score uh, through the contact. And other guys are doing that. And um, you know maybe that points to what you're doing on both sides of the ball. But um, you've 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 got to. You know, you got to have more of a physical presence in there. And give credit to Todd Golden in Florida because a good chunk of those time, and they got two seven-footers. They had some length, and a lot of times when Arkansas did drive to the rim, they went straight up and didn't foul Arkansas. Well, you know, you look at Arkansas and Florida a year ago, <laughs> Arkansas dominated inside. Graham had 26. Makai had a double-double. I mean, he went out and addressed his front-line issues mm-hmm. in a big way. Uh, that freshman, that 21, um, he's a player now. That seven-one guy's, you know, he's a seven-one guy. I mean, he's decent. Tyree Samuel's a man. I mean, Tyree Samuel's a stud. But that freshman, I mean, he's raw. He makes a lot of mistakes. But man, he's six eleven and athletic. And um, they they got some guys up front. Talking about Condon, Alex Condon. Condon. Yeah, he, yeah he, Alex uh, Condon. Australia, I believe, is what I think he's. Yep. Yeah, yep, he's from Austin. He went to the NBA Global Academies where he prepped, and uh, uh, he's 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 got a nice future in front of him. Yeah, I think he's going to make uh, make a lot of money playing basketball, not only in Florida but uh, beyond that as well. Hey, I know it's not a day for being on the water and thinking about fishing, but when you're back out there, take along the Smithwick Original suspending Rattlin' Rogue. I know you know days like today are when big trophy browns and rainbows are caught on the White River. Take that rogue along. It'll suspend in the strike zone longer, allowing you to catch more fish. Someone's going to catch a big one today on the White River. Yeah, I promise you, below the Bull Shoals Dam. It's available at Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, Academy, LearNet.com, and tackle stores all over the place. The Smithwick Original suspending Rattlin' Road. So we mentioned how cold it was this morning across Arkansas. Man, it was cold in Kansas City. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see Andy Reid's uh, mustache that had icicles all over it, but he got 
asked about that after the game, after their 27-6 win. It was the worst thing that could happen is it falls off, right? So. <laughs> it was close to falling off, guys. I mean, that was about as cold an atmosphere. I see they dominate uh, against the Miami Dolphins. They've got questions now with Tua Tungavailoa and their future, but Kansas City moves on, and I know that we have a lot of happy Chiefs fans this morning, which is the complete opposite of how Dallas Cowboy fans feel. Did you buy Peacock? I did not buy Peacock, Chuck. I stuck to my guns, and I went to someone's house that had it. Okay. Did not pay. So he consumed it. Bummed. He consumed it. Consumed it. Just did not pay my own money out of pocket to actually partake in. Did you? Now, Tommy said he didn't. Did you? you Well, we were were flying back from Gainesville. It It was not an option for me. Yeah. Did y'all see the video of the frozen water bottle? Like they pulled it out of the freezer, the concession stands, and the water bottle just froze in Arrowhead. Did you guys see that video? Nope. nope. I did not, no. I saw one where it looked like a beer had exploded through your head frozen yeah. and it exploded through the can. I saw that. It's pretty. Uh, My wife was a, was very concerned about Taylor Swift and whether or not she was surviving the cold. I was uh, I was hearing about that while I was not watching the game. I got, I got home about halftime of that game i listened to the first half uh on westwood one and then uh, i was coming back from a game i was at but uh so i didn't i didn't buy into that mm-hmm. one but it may, and then the first game wasn't even watchable Mm-mm. i mean uh <laughs> flacco had a a nightmarish day and uh, the texans just rolled him up yeah cj stroud uh, got his first win as a uh, playoff quarterback uh, in his rookie season he was fantastic uh, they advance and move on to this point i'm excited to see what they'll do they'll either play the ravens or the chiefs depending on how the ravens fare um or excuse me just depending on how that plays out at this point so uh, yeah, two games today. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. let's just stop. Go ahead and gloat. All right. Go ahead and gloat. All right, hold on. Let's just play the, let's play the highlight. How about them Cowboys? Only has one catch on four targets. Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott. The middle It's going to be picked off, and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. That was the play right there where you knew you could start the bus. Uh, here's, the, over. here's the deal, Chuck. Dan Quinn's, he wasn't focused on that game. He's focused on where he's going to end up as head coach. That's what it came down to. I mean, their offense wasn't great. Uh, that pick six, of course. But, I mean, that Aaron Jones ended what three touchdowns. Jordan Love carved him up for three touchdowns as a young quarterback who in a place that Dallas hadn't lost in, what you say, two years earlier. That like was the issue. Yeah. Dan Quinn wasn't focused on the Green Bay Packers. He's focused on where he's going to get his next NFL job. That's why they lost on, on Sunday. Because of that aspect. Well, I don't know if that's the reason. I mean, their defense was not good. I, I mean, there's 11 guys out there playing. I mean, Dan Quinn's not playing. I get what you're saying, but um, there were a lot of busts oh. in the secondary. I mean, there were a lot of busts, and they couldn't stop the run. And um, I just thought from the opening kick. <laughs> you mean the run? Um, you mean the run where their defensive backs were running it back to the end zone off yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I mean that was, run. That was well, as no, impactful uh, as anything. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a big play, but yeah. you know that was one play. Yeah, and I thought were... over the course of the game, you know, Aaron Jones ran wild, and there were busts in the secondary, and I mean, um, you know, it was a um, it was a thorough butt whipping. Yeah, there was a graphic I saw on uh, Jones after the game, and it, like his season performance was like sixty yards a game, but he had a, what a hundred and twenty something yesterday. He just Really turned it up against the Cowboys. He's a Texas kid, and he wanted to show out in his home state, and he did exactly that. I really don't think – I mean, I said – I thought Green Bay would cover, but I expected Dallas to win. I don't think anybody expected to 
see what played out. And you think about that offense, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott weren't on the same page for a good chunk of that game, and it was just too little too late when their offense started to click a little bit. Everything was off. I mean, the kicker doinked an extra point or doinked a field goal. or mm-hmm. I, I, I guess it turned mm-hmm. into a 43-yard extra point. Right. The guy, had, he's barely missed all year. In the last couple of weeks, he struggled. But offensively, defensively, kicking game, everything was off yesterday for the Cowboys. Yeah, so if you're an Arkansas fan and a Cowboys fan, it was not your weekend at this point as the, again, the Green Bay Packers advance. I'm a fraud. I call them the Dallas Fraud Boys. I'm a fraud Green Bay fan. I haven't followed them um, consistently since I was probably still in high school, but I was happy to see them get that win yesterday. And now they advance. We'll see if Jordan Love can keep the juju going as they uh, continue on in the playoffs. I will say I was very impressed. As impressed I was with Jordan Love for a a rookie quarterback and C.J. Stroud. I know that they're at home against maybe the best defensive football to do what they did. That was, to me, the most impressive performance of the weekend was the way he played. I didn't see it, so I'll have to go with what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, two games, like I said, two games today, I guess... Man, when they, they, they were willing to play the game in Kansas City under those conditions. And I, I saw the video when they uh, were showing as they cut in, they were replaying last year's AFC Championship game with, with Cincy and, and uh, Kansas City on CBS yesterday. They cut in from time to time and show the video there at Orchard Park. It looked terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, so... Uh, They're paying people $20 an hour to yeah. snow, shovel snow. You get free food and drink. That did not seem and worth They provide it to the me. shovel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Does, I think the transportation was the issue there. I yeah. mean, you, you just literally couldn't get there. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. But, but, but the, the snow, I mean, it was blizzard conditions. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know how you'd have, you know... Had a had a, really had a, a real football game in those conditions. So it is nice. Again, a lot of people off today for Martin Luther King Day. It is nice to have two playoff games today, starting at three thirty. So you get a good chunk of uh, again. A lot of people not really doing anything today or just taking the day off. Uh, kids I'm, are out I'm of ha- school. Yeah, kids yeah. are out of school. I'm happy that there's two playoff games. I can yeah. just start taking in about three thirty today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, kind of getting settled in and doing that this afternoon. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan listening this morning, you're ticked off, and deservedly so. Green Bay went into AT&T Stadium and thoroughly dismantled your defense, and offensively it was just too little too late. And the question has been asked about Mike McCarthy's job security, not just this morning, but after the game as well. Here was his response when asked about that question. I think the biggest thing is we're disappointed. Um, I got a whole whole team in the, in the locker rooms that's, that's hurting. I, I haven't thought past you know the outcome of this game. So our morning rush daily question is, should the Dallas Cowboys make a change? I would say the answer is yes. If one guy is available and taking that job, Jim Harbaugh. I would, if I was Jerry Jones and I was mulling over the decision to move on with Mike McCarthy, who, albeit, won the NFC East this year, had a great regular season, undefeated at home prior to yesterday. It's not a bad year, but in Dallas, they expect NFC championships and Super Bowls, even though you hadn't been there since 1995. Guys, I would make a move if I could get Jim Harbaugh, but only if I could get Jim Harbaugh. What about Bill Belichick? I think I think the game, I don't know if I, I'd hate saying the game is passing by, but I think there's a lot, there's not much tread left on those tires at this point. Well, Chuck, or was that because he didn't have a quarterback these last, you know, Mac Jones was the closest he had, but since Brady left, he just didn't have a quarterback that, could really do what he needed to do. I don't. Well, let's 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 not forget the Cowboys had Bill Parcells. Yeah, and I mean he's 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 as all of fame as it gets right there. Mm-hmm. And they still weren't able to do. I, I don't think changing coaches necessarily is 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 the answer because they've done that and it hasn't worked. So um, I think McCarthy's done a decent job. I, I you know Harbaugh would be interesting. That's for sure. Was it three years with twelve wins? I mean. Be a lot worse, but it's about postseason, baby. It's about postseason. Oh, postseason's a big part of it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not dismissing what you're saying, and you know McCarthy may not make it through all of this, but um, you know everybody wants to assign blame, and you know the 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 head coach is is the one that's going to get the blame. Now I'm going to say this: I did not think Dallas played well at all yesterday in any phase of the game. It surprised me. It didn't look like they were ready to play, or at least at the very least, it looked like Green Bay was a whole lot more ready to play. Um, now, who does that fall on? This is professional football. Um, so you've got ostensibly professional athletes out there who conduct themselves and prepare themselves as professionals do. But clearly there was a breakdown somewhere because they weren't good in any aspect of the game. And they looked horrible in a lot of different places. 
I would, again, that is contingent upon if Jim Harbaugh would take that job. If he's not, I would not make a transition at this point. But he's got a lot of options. He's reportedly going to interview with the Chargers this week. Uh, don't know about the Raiders because it sounds like Antonio Pierce may be their guy. I mean, you got a couple other jobs open um, at this point in time. And he can always stay at Michigan if he truly wants to do that. But it sure seems like he's going to move on to the National Football League. And it would be unique to to get him on the same level. John beat him in the Super Bowl uh, about a decade ago or so. I mean, he wants one of those, I think. I, I think we're all in the same camp that he's going to move uh, on. It's just a Super Bowl. I Who would want one? He, again, wants to get on his brother's level and have really a leg up on him, even though he beat him head-to-head to have that national championship and the Super Bowl at this point. I think they're both doing okay. I think they're both just doing all bit. right. Where do, you, where do you guys think Harbaugh ends up? If not Dallas, doesn't sound like you guys are too keen on him ending up in Dallas. Where do you think he ends up ultimately with the next phase of his coaching career? Well, I really haven't thought about it all that much, to be honest with you. Uh, it would not surprise me at all if he stayed in Michigan. Uh, it would not surprise me. Um, the narrative certainly is that he's going to the NFL, but I've not really seen anything yet that makes me believe that's actually going to happen. Now, that may happen. You know, and, and something may come down the pike that makes you believe it's going to happen. But all I've really heard so far is is the national narrative, which mm-hmm. may or may not be right. And when someone, you know, around here says, I think he's going to the NFL, well, unless they've talked to him, they're just following the narrative. Um, so I I don't know where he's going to end up. That's a long way of saying I don't know, Tom. Well, <laughs> I would be interested to see what Michigan officials, what, what, what is their appetite with considering everything? Get a championship, but on the other side, you got all these investigations. If, has has the talk or the conversation of extension and raise even been brought up? Is that yes? It, you know, yes. at ten years, one hundred twenty-five million. Okay, so I mean, um, I guess I missed that somewhere in the in the in the blizzard. But um, you know, obviously, they want to keep their guy if they're going to offer that. I mean, um, make him the highest paid coach pay, in college football. They'll pay whatever it takes to keep him. I, I don't I don't I don't have any doubt saying that. This Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who's the you know, who's a prominent Michigan alum, he's already said he'll he'll pay whatever he has to pay to keep him at Michigan. So I don't think money's the issue. He's uh he he's going to get whatever he asks for wherever he goes. Probably doesn't want to have to deal with Harb on the NFL either. And if it's if it's about money, how many NFL franchises are willing to pay him fifteen million a year? I mean all the ones who've been mentioned. Yeah. Chargers. They wouldn't be mentioned if they weren't able to pay the freight. Chargers are a notoriously cheap franchise relative to some of their, their peers. Um, so that would be a, a change in their philosophy over the years. But, I mean, you've got a young quarterback in Justin Herbert that people like. Uh, and, he, again, Harbaugh would go out west where he's had success before with San Francisco and Stanford, no college and NFL, but uh, that would be, a, I guess, one to keep an eye on at this point. But again, our morning rush out a daily question, should Dallas make a change? I think they should. If Jim Harbaugh is available to actually coach the Cowboys, we'll have to wait and see on his timeline what he does in the coaching profession moving forward. All right, so we saw some changes in this Arkansas basketball team on Saturday in terms of a rotation. Much as Muss has mentioned that a little bit before. We saw them run zone for the first time, not just at Arkansas, but his coach's career. Here was some of the things got Muss asked about in regards to changes, not just for Florida, but what he's going to do moving forward. I mean, I think we've changed the, the starting lineup. We've tried different things, but 
certainly those two young men tonight, because they played hard, we'll probably look to go to them earlier than we have in some of these past games. At some point, you know, you're going to play some young guys. You know, certainly tonight, that's what I look to do. Younger players, when when you're not playing, like, you know, you, you hope that's the next thing you're going to turn to as, as, the, as one of the alternatives after you've gone through about 15 other inter- alternatives, which we've tried. I mean, we've tried a whole bunch of stuff. You know, we've already mentioned we've never played a zone in 10 years. We're trying everything. See, that's, I think, the irritating thing for Eric Musselman and, and this staff is it's not like they're just only sticking to what they've done at Arkansas the last four years or at his time in Nevada. I mean, Chuck, we saw it for the first time, not just Arkansas, his college career that they ran his own on Saturday. Well, he's pushed every button, you know, that you can push. Um, I know that, you know, they went to zone because they just hadn't been playing man well enough. I mean, that's that's the simple reason, and that's the long and short of it. And um, they're just not playing well right now. Um, that, that that's that's the bottom line, and they're struggling. Uh, they're not just losing. I mean, they're 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 losing by significant margins, and so you've got to find a way to any way you can to beat Texas A&M. I mean, that's, uh, um, you know, you look at a team that's 0-3, and if you look too far ahead trying to find wins, all of a sudden you get to the end of the season and there's not very many because you're basing everything on an 0-3 team. Sometimes when you win a game, um, you know, things things look different. If they can have a good week, if they can come out of this 2-3, and three, I'm not suggesting that this is a team that at 2-3 and three will have completed the turnaround. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I think you got to start from where you are. And right now, they're just not playing very well. And you've got to find a way to win a game, just a game. And A&M's the next opportunity. A&M's kind of like Arkansas. They've been all over the road uh, during the early part of the conference season. They've scored in the 50s, and they've scored in the 90s. So, I mean, who knows what you're going to get. But when they play well, they're good. And they've got a couple of really dynamic players. But... Arkansas just got to find a way to win a game. It just feels unrelenting right now, much like football. You know, there's just never, there's never an oasis where you can catch your breath and get a drink of water. And it kind of feels that way right now in in basketball. You caught Auburn at a time where they came in, you know, to lead off conference play and just ran into a, a great basketball team. Georgia's playing as good as they played in barely lost couple decades, you know, and and lost by ten there, and they've got a an outstanding record. I mean, you really hadn't played a, a team yet in league play. Um, and I know it's early, but it's not going to be a factor in the tournament selections from this, this league. And A&M's, A&M's better than, I think, uh, at least Georgia at this point. I, I believe that, you know, after uh, seeing Kentucky. But it's going to be a very tough, very tough game against uh, A&M tomorrow night. Well, I think when you look at, you know, even going into the conference season, I can remember us talking about how, you know, even if this team does well, every game's going to be a battle. You know, this team's not good enough to go out there and, you know, they're 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 not going to beat teams consistently by, you know, 10, 15, 20 points in conference play. They're just they're just not that good. Um that, you know, the games they win, if they win, they're going to be probably close games. Mhm. Um, and there will be some teams out there that are, you know, probably better. And I think that, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, I did not, frankly, did not expect Auburn to win the way they did. Not surprised Auburn won, 
but did not expect it to be like that. Florida's got a big, strong front line, and they're going to beat a lot of people. Uh, I know their record right now is one and two, and they may be one and three after they play Tennessee. But at some point, they're going to rip off seven or eight wins in a row. Uh, that's a that's a good team, and they'll uh, that's that's an NCAA tournament team. I don't know about Georgia yet. You know, Georgia played Tennessee's rear end off for sure, mm-hmm. but they lost. You know, but they lost. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, we'll you know we'll have to see what happens. They were yeah. up ten points plus in that game, like six six minutes ago, and they kind of let it slip. Um, that shows again what Tennessee's able to do this season, but also speaks to Georgia as well. Yeah, and eight am going to catch a little bit of a break. I you know I don't know how full the arena will be tomorrow with the weather and the roads and people kind of catching up after having maybe a snow day off and a holiday day off. I, I'm not expecting. I don't know what you guys are expecting. I'm not expecting a full house at Bud Walton tomorrow for, for that game. So that, that's got to be a break for, for A&M, obviously. Oh, I don't I don't think it'll be full. No, I don't think it's going to be full for an 8 o'clock game anyway. Uh, uh, those are point. those are crowd killers. And then you're going to compound that with the weather. So And, and an 0-3 start. So. Right. I, I, don't, I don't by any stretch think it's going to be a great crowd. But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I, I don't mean it like it sounds, but it's, it's not like Arkansas's, you know, they hadn't been money. At home this year, anyway. I'm, I mean, I know they beat Duke, but they lost to Greensboro and they lost by 32 to Auburn. So um, they just again find a way to win a game, however you do it. I mean, whatever you have to do. The one thing that I will say: play outside. On yeah, <laughs> the one thing that I will say on uh, Saturday uh, and the Georgia game: um, there are a little more signs of life on guys hitting the floor. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, and, and maybe it's just me and maybe I put too much into it, but uh, you can tell a lot about a team by how many guys are willing to, you know, get on the deck. And, um, there's a little more of that. Trevin, I, I noticed it too, Chuck. Trevin initially in the first two minutes of the game was diving on the ball for a loose, um, just a loose ball. And I, I don't know if I've seen that this season. And I was encouraged by, again, that and maybe some things else, but I was discouraged by, what Eric Musselman said after the game in regards to their shoot-around, which, listen to this, and you guys tell me what you think. We did not have a good shoot-around today. We've had great practices all year, all the way back to the summer. Um, You know, didn't think the shoot-around today. It's the first time, you know, that I didn't think it was as good as need to be. You know, we got a very tough team coming in that rebounds the ball better than Florida. Discouraging that we didn't rebound tonight, and we know that Texas A&M is a phenomenal rebounding team. Can Florida's top five in the country in offensive rebounding. A&M's coming in here uh, hot after a win against Kentucky, and they've got some strong rebounders. But at the beginning of that clip, you heard him for the first time all season, they did not perform well. Others, again, I don't know if it was going through the motions. I don't know if they just didn't show up for that shoot-around. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you they've let go of the rope yet, but that is a that's not a good sign because he has preached over and over this season. Good practices, good shoot-arounds, and then you have that before a, an important road game. And Chuck, you were with the team, so you saw it firsthand. I don't know what, what the effect of having the, the extended road trip. Georgia, then they didn't come back, and then went to went to, to Gainesville from there. I mean, you know, we're kind of creatures of habit and routine. Being out on the road for an extended period of time also has its um, its drawbacks as well as the benefits of not having to fly twice. Well, it does. I mean, it's a double-edged sword, yeah. and I guess when you, you know, when you, when you win, it's great, and when you lose, it's not. As it turns out, I think the weather would have been a compounding factor had they come back. Um, but you know, it, it was a, um, 
you know, Arkansas is not as good as as, as uh, Florida right now. Um, you know, and they caught Georgia when Georgia's playing well. I don't know what Georgia's going to be like when they come in here a little bit later in February. Um, but but they caught Georgia at a time when when Georgia was as hot as they've been. Uh, but I think Florida's better, and and I and I hate to say that, but when I look at their front line, and that's a front line you can you can win a lot of games with in March. Here's a and their guards aren't bad. Believe me, their guards are not bad. But I think that front line's got the potential to be exceptional. Here's the again the bummer about doing the show this morning is you're at the bottom of the totem pole right now in the Southeastern Conference where you're sitting standings wise only with Missouri and Vanderbilt at 0-3. Now you got 15 conference games. We mentioned Auburn earlier. Auburn and Alabama as surprisingly are only the only two teams in conference play that haven't lost. Auburn might be outside of Kentucky the best team in the league. We'll have to see how they fare against the Vols in that but Guys, again, you are at the bottom of the, the list right now at 0-3 with Missouri, who hasn't won in Vanderbilt as well. That's just where you sit right now. And I don't think well, I... Don't usually think any, when you're over, you're yeah, at the bottom. And I don't think anyone expected... Again, Arkansas got picked preseason third in the league. I don't think many fans, based on expectations, based on the top five transfer portal class, you brought in that, that. But I think what... One of the things I noticed, and it's been said, I mean, Eric Musselman's mentioned the size of Keon Minifield at... He's like buck 45 soaking wet is the guards that they brought in relative to the last three years have been smaller. They're getting pounded on the glass. They're getting pounded on pick and rolls. They just don't have the same size that they, they brought in more scores with Caleb battle and L Ellis. But you look at the guards that you brought in previously in terms of the, just their size link. I know Mark's kind of the anomaly being from a good Houston team and it's six, six, but a lot of the scores that they brought in just don't stack up to what they've had athletically and size-wise the last three years. Well, I mean, Battle's 6'5". So, he's, I mean, he's listed at 6'5". He's not 6'5". He's like 6'2", 6'3". They're, they're but, listing, their listings are different. These are not the same guys, again, that length-wise that they've had or just weight-wise the last three years. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with the whole premise of what you're saying i'm just saying battle six five i mean that's what they list him as at 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 six five um i hear you on that to me the 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 larger issue is is not necessarily how big they are but you know how physical they are um how you play through contact how you absorb contact how you dish out contact um all of those things um i think are you know that can that can make up for an inch. You know, it, mm-hmm. it can make up for an inch or two. And um, a lot of these guys have pretty good wingspans. So I, I just think you know, on the perimeter at the rim, going to the basket, defending the basket. Um, I just don't think they've been quite as physical as you've got to be when you get into conference play. And let me pause just for a second. I hope everybody made it through this cold, cold night and cold morning. Uh, with your pipes intact. We talk about Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric. Most of the time, we're talking about the air part, you know, the cooling, the heating. Hey, plumbing is a big issue. And if you are in a spot right now, uh, remember Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric. Now, you hear me talk about their plan protection program, and this is one of the things, whether it be air, plumbing, or electric, uh, keeps you running smoothly year-round, gives you peace of mind year-round. We're into a point in the year right now where things can go wrong, and you want things to 
run the way they're supposed to. It can be disastrous almost when it's not. So Pascal Air Plumbing and Electrics, an Arkansas-owned company. If you're in northwest Arkansas, they've been around for over 50 years. They're expanding all over the state and into other states as well. Professional people, professional service. And you can schedule your appointment at gopascal.com. So I have two Top Gun notes this morning. I saw it was announced the last couple days. Apparently, there's another Top Gun movie in the works that's coming out. Now, Tom Cruise is occupied until 2025 with the Mission Impossible movies, but that looks like it's happening. And then Tommy and Chuck, I don't know if you see this. Tommy and I were talking about this before the show. How about Madison Marsh, former Fort Smith native, winning yeah. Miss America? That's awesome. She is a first act. She's the first active duty Air Force officer to win that title. Uh, she was the 2023 Miss Colorado, again, a Fort Smith native, graduated from the Air Force Academy, a Harvard student. So you've got two Arkansas gals, or Arkansas Connected gals, last couple years. Savvy Shields from Fayetteville. Uh, Dean Shields worked at the U of A for a number of years. Now is the Chancellor at A-State. And then now Madison. So you got two Arkansas connections last six years or so. And I think there were three, uh, obviously, Madison Marsh, Miss Arkansas, and then I think Miss New York was maybe a... uh, An Arkansas connection, Yeah, I think there's three Arkansas natives uh, last night competing. So congratulations, Southside Maverick. You you listed everything else. Sounds like uh, I knew her her mother passed away from pancreatic cancer about five or six years ago, and they they do a race in her mother's honor every year of... 5k 10k race and um you know it's a, just a tremendous story and uh you know always good for it you know I, i've already seen a bunch of posts on facebook from people from fort smith so a lot to be proud of for for that town today yeah and i think she uh i think she started a foundation um based off that if i remember mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to read everything i can again i know it's hard to believe i don't fall miss america religiously but when there's an arkansas connection i pay attention to it what a resume i know what a resume yeah. you just read there that's incredible yeah, yeah fighter pilot <laughs> going to harvard I mean, all of that. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. So, congratulations uh, to Madison, who was crowned uh, 2024 Miss America last night, won 2023 Miss, uh, Miss Colorado and Arkansas Connections. And I know there's a lot of Arkansans. Anytime you have someone that wins something nationally, regardless of what it is, you take pride in that this morning. So, Madison, again, congratulations uh, to her family and to any of her connections. That is an awesome honor, and we will again continue on and uh maybe we'll get a chance to get her on at some point the next couple weeks she's going to be busy uh i would think they, they, they it is insane some of the stuff that they have to that they have to do in terms of their their work schedule once this thing kind of this happens yeah so uh congratulations to her and uh her family and everyone connected Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. A couple Arkansas football tidbits as we get going here on Hog Update. Arkansas added defensive back from Florida, Miguel Mitchell, to the team. He's signed with Arkansas. Lost Ladarius Bishop. He has entered the transfer portal. Guys, it's been a couple days since we talked a little Arkansas football, but that's the uh, it's kind of some slight news that happened over the weekend. 
Yeah, I admit I'd kind of lost track uh, being gone with basketball. I didn't realize that uh, Bishop had entered the portal. Yeah. I'd heard about the uh, other guy coming in. It, it's, uh, it has not been on the, the forefront of a lot of the discussion when it comes to just the sports talk and stuff as of late. It's been more college football, NFL and stuff, but still having some news when it comes to Arkansas football. The portal has closed for a couple of, again, a couple different reasons, but you still got Washington players now have 30 days to decide if they want to enter the portal. Alabama players with that same discretion when their head coach leaves or retires. There's so many intricacies with the portal that you're you're like, why is that guy allowed to go in? And then you remember, oh yeah, because of this role. But isn't there still a deadline from an academic standpoint? I know like, what is it, this Friday you've got to be enrolled in class. So you have a 30-day period, but from an academic standpoint, that I mean, you still have to be enrolled in, in classes at your school that you're going to land at. So, I'm, Some I, schools have already started. Yeah. I know like Georgia and Florida, for example, they were already back in session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, I, I mean, There's only so many days into a semester and then enrollment for classes is closed. I mean, there is that deadline, too. I, mean, I don't you, know how all that works. I don't either, and I don't know if there's a... You know, it seems like with athletics, sometimes things get sidestepped, but I just know that's a reality of 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 entering the portal. I think that's the uh, what you just mentioned. You just kind of get answered the answer yourself when it comes to kind of how athletics when it, uh, it comes to coursework and stuff like that. Arkansas women woman Tuscaloosa seventy seven to fifty nine. A yeah. late happy birthday to our friend Phil Elson who was on call yesterday yeah. during his birthday. He sent me a a picture of him in, in Tuscaloosa. Is he he's a year younger than you? Is that right? Tommy? I believe that's right. Okay. Yeah, he sent me. I sent him a happy birthday text. He sent me a courtside picture I, I watched some of that game because the the football game wasn't going on and that game was on the sec network arkansas fell behind early and then came back to win by double digit uh by double digit what was it, 70 what did you say 77 59 yep mm-hmm. and uh I, I didn't watch it all the way to the end but uh, they had to fight their way out of a hole early in that game to uh to get that win mm-hmm. all right last thing here in your hog update again lots of sound bites that we've been playing from eric musselman this morning one of the areas that arkansas lost on Saturday was the rebounding battle. They lost by 17, 48 to 31, including giving up, what, 15 offensive boards. Here was what Musk said after the game in regards to his team, not just Saturday, but this year. The theme of the game was rebounding. We knew that they were going to be extremely physical. We were not able at all to withstand the physicality interior. Did not think that, that we got much at all to start the game or to start the second half. He, he really preached that with you, Chuck, in the post game, And even when you guys were discussing Jeremiah Davenport, who had a good game offensively, the first thing he really spoke to is Jeremiah and the, the minutes he played didn't have a single single rebound in that one. Well, and A&M's a very good rebounding team, too. Mm-hmm. Offensive rebounding, they may be even better. Uh, they're very aggressive. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they crash the glass, and they, they make you play physical inside at the rim, and Arkansas is going to have to answer that challenge. We'll see if they're able to do that. 8 o'clock, late start tomorrow in Bud Walner and we'll discuss the Aggies a little more on Tuesday. That is going to do it for your Hog Update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey called 888-8-SPARKY. All right, let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline and welcome in David, who's phoned in from South Arkansas this morning. David, I know you're happy with what occurred in Arrowhead on Saturday night. Oh, it was wonderful. I at least had it on the radio so I could hear the wonderful biased announcers. I do appreciate that. I've been up there before when it was 12 degrees, but at least that was a day game in sunshine. I cannot imagine 
that game the other night, but I was looking through today's Arkansas Gazette, and there's an article by some AP writer named Dave Scretta, and he goes through a list of some wonderful old venues through the years for basketball, and he mentioned Barnhill Arena, along with the Pitt, Cameron Indoor, Freedom Hall in Louisville, and some other places, and I thought that was pretty cool. And maybe Musselman needs to show the team some clips, some games that happened in that place. I was at the Arkansas-Arkansas State NIT game. What a wonderful, wonderful game. I was at a game where the Texas radio announcers kind of called security on me and my friends because they complained we were making too much noise behind them, and it was going over the radio broadcast to Texas, and of course our complaint was like, so what? We'll get louder, which of course was the result. We just simply got louder. Big deal. They were Texans. Doesn't matter anyway. But glad to hear you guys on the air this morning. Hope you're safe and the weather is just a little freezing rain down here right now. So gentlemen, have a good day. Thanks, David. Uh, Chuck, uh, I don't know if if the staff shared this with you. I I know on the television broadcasts, uh, they they talked about bad starts like apparently Musselman had preached to the guys about different professional franchises mm-hmm. that had terrible starts at, at an early they part a of the season of, uh, of Muss's laptop and, yeah. and what he showed the team and and, the, and then how they rallied and responded at this point and, and they also showed another graphic of their conference start the last three years and the last lack of success in January and then turn it around so again they're trying to pull every parallel possible to to get them out of this rut but you kind of alluded to it earlier they just got to get a win to kind of get them jump started yeah he's pushing every button i mean he is just in terms of what he says how he acts who he plays um all those things you know when you're a i i say yeah, I don't know. I've never been in that spot, but I would imagine when you're the head coach of a basketball team that's struggling, I mean, you um, uh, you probably lay awake at night uh, trying to decide or figure out if there's another button that maybe you can push. Um, you know, that's um, that's the nature of the business, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, you could just see, I mean, there'll be drives where, like Florida went straight to the hole the other day, Arkansas didn't defend, and Musselman, I mean, he's animated, we know. I think he's been less animated than you'd think considering everything that's went on the last three games. I think he's been more calm than maybe you'd expect. But it's like at moments he's he's doubled over in pain on the sideline as he's watching some of these plays. Chuck, you said close to it. I don't think you were right near the bench the other day at Florida. But, um, you know, you, you can tell this is, uh, you know, it, it's having its toll probably more mentally than physically on him at this point. Probably both, if you want to know the yeah. truth. I mean, Guys, losing sucks. I mean, it does. Yeah. And, you know, the good thing is fans is, I mean, we can turn off the television and go do something else. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell.
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So I thought Dan Lanning was going to be the guy tasked with the job of taking Alabama in the next phase of its college football destination. Instead, he's staying at Oregon. I want to be here in Eugene for as long as Eugene will have me. This place has everything that I could possibly ever want. There's a little bit of a problem in society today with people looking for what's next and where where there's an opportunity. And the reality is, you know, the grass is not always greener. In fact, the grass is damn green in Eugene. So that's under, again, the idea that he was potentially offered the job in Tuscaloosa. I don't know 100% if he was or not. I think certain coaches passed on this opportunity because they don't want to follow Nick Saban and they didn't know the expectations. I don't think Kalen DeBoer truly knows what he's walked into in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And, and you're right, but you think about the names like Dan Lanning or maybe Elaine Kiffin or a Steve Sarkeesian or keep going down the list of guys that might have had some, some flirtations with Alabama. Man, do you have a good recruiting hook? Hey, if I'm not leaving for Alabama, and every one of them, I promise you, in the living room is talking about how they were how they were uh, right there and had the job, and all they had to do was take it. But I stayed here in Eugene, or I stayed here in Oxford. They're, they're going to promise you, use that to their advantage. I would be. If I was sitting in front of recruiting their parents, hey, if I won't leave for Alabama, I'm going to be here for all four years of your, of your son's career. What I'd be selling. Well, the one thing about DeBoer is that, you know, I don't know any Alabama fan who had a predisposition about him. You know, they probably all had a feeling one way or the other about Sarkeesian or a feeling one way or the other about Kiffin or Dabo or Norvell or the guys from the southeastern part of the country, frankly. Um, But DeBoer's a guy that, you know, even though Washington was in the playoff, I mean, how many people did you hear say that? Now, what's that guy's name that's coaching Washington? Mm -hmm. Who's their coach? Um, so people didn't have a predisposition about him. In other words, he's going to walk in there with a clean slate. Do I think he has a full understanding of what it's going to be like? No, I don't know that anybody can. I just don't know that anybody can really have a full understanding until you, you know, until you've been there. But I know that his record is just unbelievably good. I mean, like, you know, silly good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he may, um... You know, he may be one of those guys that just walks in there with a steel jaw and, you know, does it the way he's always done it and has similar results. I'll say this, he's won a lot of games with players that probably aren't as good as the ones he's going to be able to get at Alabama. That is true. 104 and 12 overalls, Pac-12 coach. 104 and 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's 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 like your record last month in – PlayStation. I, I mean, that, I'm not that good I, at PlayStation. It's like a video game. <laughs> no. He is undefeated against Dan Lanning, Steve Sarkeesian, and Lincoln Riley, two of those three coaches, at least in the uh, conversation, at least from the outside looking Listen in. To this, listen to this next one, Chuck. Oh, 12 and 2 against the top 25 12 opponents. 12 and 2 yeah. against top 25 he's, opponents. He's, but here, guys, here's the thing. This is why I don't think it's going to, and again, I don't think any true coach knows what they're walking into post Nick Saban, uh, that you can have an idea, you can be from the South, you can even work on staff prior to taking that head coaching job. What is Washington in the Seattle market? What the 
the fifth most paid attention to. I mean, you've got the Mariners, you've got the Seahawks. Seahawks are one. I mean, it's not even close. And when you look at his pit stops, right, Indiana football, it's not as the offensive coordinator. Basketball is the bigger deal there. Fresno State, it's a mid-major football program, basically. Sioux Falls, I don't think anyone actually knows where that is in eastern Michigan. So he has no roots to the south. He's never been in a place where it's the number one deal, not just in the state, but in the area. And I just, my whole thought on any time like a big hire is made and something like this, you have to get someone. I, I, I know winning's a huge aspect. We just listed off all his credentials, which are unbelievable. Like, I'm not dismissing those. But you have to get someone that knows the pressure associated with the job. And this guy doesn't. He's never, he has never been in a pit stop anywhere close to the pressure. I mean, you're going to have fans in Tuscaloosa that want to know what he eats for breakfast. We know for Saban, it was the oatmeal cream pies. For lunch, it was a grilled chicken salad. He is going to be under more pressure now than his entire, and he is not, he has no idea what he's walking into. Some guys have an idea. He has no idea what he's walking into. Well, he probably doesn't as much as someone who's been around it. You're right about that. That doesn't mean he can't have success. And I I, I tend to agree that there's going to be an enormity to this that's going to be difficult for him to first comprehend and then second, you know, maneuver through. Um, You know, you're right. I mean, they're going to focus on every little thing that he does. There's no doubt about that. And it's going to be different for him. But the guy's record, I mean, it. Um, those are really, really impressive numbers. And I don't care where you're coaching or who you're coaching. When you go 104-12, and 12, you're a coach. I mean, you're a ball coach. And, you know, we'll see how he does. I mean, we'll see how he does. Here's another aspect of why I think certain coaches passed on this job. It's because what Nick Saban is doing moving forward, and that's – Again, with a football job and a football office in Tuscaloosa. I'm going to be here, so I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to have a presence. Uh, I'm going to stay in Tuscaloosa. They're giving me an office in the stadium. And I said, I, I can get on your butt from there just like I can from <laughs> on the field. So I know Alabama fans love hearing that. They love that they're saving. And that's why they said it. That's that's you, you just said it right there. Alabama fans love that. That's the reason they did that. See, you don't think he's still – I'm no, under the impression no. that this is going to be a Barry Alvarez, a Frank Broyles, no, that no, type I don't, of – I don't, I don't think it, so uh, at all. He's not an athletics director, but I still think he is going to have a heavy hand. Now, I, if I'm wrong, then I think this thing could be a lot more successful than what I believe. Leave. But if this is what I think it's going to be, to not just have the pressure of following Nick Saban, but for him to still be "quote unquote" in the building or nearby, that just add to adds but, to it. With the guy, on, I think of. Go ahead. Tom, I was saying, we had the guy on from WJOX last week with us on the show, and um, he's talking about he just built a brand new home in Jupiter, Florida. You know, I would imagine he's going to spend a lot of time if he if he's went through the pain of building this new home and he's retired from the job. Does Nick Saban feel like a guy that's retired from anything? I mean, what do we always talk about? Well, that's when he- the one thing Reese Davis didn't ask him the other day in that interview is, does retirement from Alabama mean retirement? See, I don't think so. He's Will he ever well, coach let's, again? Let's, let's, let, let's stop and think about this just, just for a moment before we jump to conclusions. We've talked about what he's going to do. Uh, he's going to do television work. That's going to require him to be gone all weekend. Thursday to Sunday, you know, when Frank Broyles 
was Arkansas's athletic director in the early days, he was not around on the weekends because he was off doing football games with Keith Jackson. Saban's going to be gone from Thursday to Sunday. I find it very difficult to believe that he'll go into the office more than maybe once every two or three months. We've had former coaches here, guys, who've had offices. I've been in the building with them. They come in about once a month. They get the mail, you know, and uh, they're not Nick Saban. Yeah. So uh, uh, he'll have somebody get the mail for him. Yeah. And this is not going to be one of those deals where he's in the office. Um, He's not going to continue to coach this football team and be a de facto head coach. That's not going to happen. This guy's going to be in demand, as we've discussed, the money that he's going to command uh, for, for, for speaking to everything from Fortune 500 companies to high school athletic banquets. Um, he's not going to be in the office. He's not going to be watching practice. That's not going to happen. That, that, that's, that's, I really believe what he said the other day was just an effort to, it's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be okay. Um, he's, uh, he's going to move on to the next phase of his life. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll be a very productive phase, but it won't involve Alabama football the way people yeah. think. But you know, there, there, the, there's a lesson to be learned, I think, for everyone out of this, and that's we're all replaceable. Even Nick Saban, within 72 hours, was replaced. You know, when you think you're in a situation where, hey, uh, you've got a coach that, man, if he leaves, who, who are you going to get? Or, man, if, you know, and Alabama fans, I'm sure, you know, have always thought Nick Saban's irreplaceable. Maybe his results are irreplaceable, but here we are. Brand new coach in there, going to sit in his Nick Saban's chair, going to fill his office, going to be the head coach. As irreplaceable as Nick Saban sounds, and maybe his results are, 72 hours later, they got a new head coach in Tuscaloosa. Well, they got a new body in there. I don't know if they've got a new Nick Saban, but they've got a new body yeah. in there. That's for sure. It's going to be a body that's warped, tethered, and beaten after three or four years <laughs> once they uh, go through the gauntlet. Well, lose three games this it, year for the first time since 2010. He won't make it four years if he loses three games in his, a year. Hey, in his is, first uh, is Will Rogers going to end up as their quarterback? They're going to stick with Milrow? What do you think there, Ty? I, I think so. Milrow said that he's staying in Tuscaloosa at least over the weekend. He's, again, allowed to change his mind in the next 30 days. Can he run that offense they ran at Washington? I, I, I would encourage – I mean, Penix was not the same quarterback a couple years ago that DeBoer transferred oh, him into. He could sling it at Indiana now. But he could sling it he, there. You look at his stats and how he transformed himself. I For Alabama fans, I think the higher ceiling is Milrow, but – Rodgers might be the safer bet for a transition period. And that's going to be a heck of a quarter. If he ends up in Tuscaloosa, that's going to be a heck of a quarterback battle. But I think Milrow would ultimately probably still win that job because I think he's got that. What do we always talk about this season with Alabama? He's got that locker room. And Rodgers would have to come in and just look out of this world to change the opinions of his teammates. Now, you're going to have a lot of new pieces in there based on guys that are leaving like Bond and that tight end and some others. But that locker room's a Milrow locker room, and Rodgers would have a lot of catching up to do if he ended up transferring at Tuscaloosa. You may be right there. You might be right. I think that for for Alabama uh, this season, who has some tough road games in Knox, or excuse me, yeah, in Knoxville, in Baton Rouge, um, they've again, there's no there's no waiting period. They've got to figure it out. You mentioned the fan base, how uh, like cannibalistic they could be if if Arkansas or if Alabama was to have some 
early mishaps, which so, they could based on their schedule. So you're, you're talking about him losing three games and, and the job eating him whole. What if the other is true? What if Alabama comes out, they run the table, they go 12-0, and they win a, a national championship, an SEC championship, end up, what would that be, 14-0, and 15-0 and at that point? What, what does that say? Does, it say? does that say more about what Saban built and the foundation that Caleb DeBoer talked about? Does it say more about Caleb DeBoer? What, what would our read be? I mean, we want to jump off a conclusion and off a cliff on one end. Let's, let's go to the other spectrum. I'm going to say it's Saban's recruits. I'm going to say that DeBoer had nothing to do with it, even though that would not be reality. I like DeBoer. Well, well now, you know, one thing that I will say there, Ty, uh, you're not totally off track because at some point he's going to have to win with a roster entirely of his players. Now, mm-hmm. he did that at the NAIA level, uh, but as a head coach, um, so now the transfer portal, you've got an opportunity to assemble your team a whole lot more quickly. There's no doubt about that. And I know he brought a lot of new guys in at Fresno State. But he was there, what, a, a COVID season and then another year? And then he goes to Washington for two years. So I don't know that he's coached a team yet at the highest level that is made up entirely of players that he's brought in and either developed or, or you know, however he's gotten them. Um, so I'll be interested to see how he does in that regard. Yeah. And I know Alabama fans, I'm, I'm always excited for SEC football, but the storylines of Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, I thought you made the best point of any last week. Texas and Oklahoma don't have to deal with the real Alabama. This is not, regardless of if if they win all, all games except for one, or if they make another run, this is not the real Alabama. Well, no, in in fairness to Texas, I mean, that was the real Alabama this past season. And the season before. Texas beat them. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, um, That's true. That's but not as mean, a conference foe. So. Yeah. No, I, you're right. And, again, you have to, you could argue that that was either the best or the second best one of the season in college football with Quinn Ewers going, I I did see a – I'm curious to see what happens with Arch Manning. With Quinn Ewers announcing he's coming back, we're talking about quarterbacks this morning if Manning decides to transfer. They already lost one quarterback to the transfer portal already. Um, if they lose Manning, too, they're going to be slim at that position, which with the way the SEC is, you never know. And Ewers dealt with injury this year, the Big 12. You never know if that could uh, come back to, to haunt them at some point this season. Well, if you want to be the starting quarterback, you need to beat out Quentin Ewers. I mean, if Arch Manning's all that, then he'll win the job. And, you know, I, I, I've got nothing against the guy. I don't know about all that much about either one of them, to be perfectly honest with you. But, um, you know, if he wants to be the quarterback there, he, he needs to beat him out. Yeah. Well, it, uh, you know, it, it is a new day. It's a new era in college football. And uh, I don't think there's any way you can, no can, doubt can about describe it. anything else. And it, it's, a, it's a whole new day for the SEC as well. So we've talked about some failures from this Arkansas basketball team, the Dallas Cowboys, but if we want to go on the other side of the spectrum, how about some success? For the first time in 32 years, the Detroit Lions have won a playoff game. Two Razorbacks, big part of that. Dan Skipper, Frank Ragnow. Now, when you guys hear the um, acronym SOL, you typically think of one thing, right? Well, in Detroit, it means something different. Turner out here, SOL. Same old Lions. They always find a way to screw it up. And Dan Campbell changed that mentality, changed that with the people who brought in. They've lost their last nine playoff appearances. 
It's a team that believes in themselves, and they didn't have a great second half, but this will be one of the most memorable nights in Detroit football for that 89-year-old and the 62,000 others here. One more knee and business is done. And Detroit, for the first time in 32 years, your Lions have won a playoff game. So they're going to host either the Eagles or the Buccaneers, depending on how that game plays out. But guys, with the Cowboys losing, Detroit, again, gets that home field mm. advantage, which, are again, they were going to have. But I know a lot of fans are, are happy about that. To Again, and two Razorbacks, a big part of that. I don't know if y'all were watching the beginning of that TV broadcast, but Tarico talked about how that stadium uh, was two-thirds full, four field was two-thirds full an hour before kickoff. Wow. He said they had the, the Packers... Cowboys game on the the jumbotron there, and they were cheering because they knew the result that if the Cowboys had lost and the Packers won, that they would get to host. So um, you know everyone was clearly aware of what was on the line, and and in playing another game at home indoors was uh, you know was also at stake as well. I can't believe I like an Aggie, Chuck. I can't believe I like Dan Campbell. It pains me to say that that story has been fun to watch, and again, it helps that Razorbacks yeah. involved. Root for there. Yeah. He uh, he's done a great job in Detroit, man. Oh, he has, and they've assembled a good collection of players, and uh, particularly Ragnow uh, has, has has been a you know he's become a mainstay uh, on on that offensive line. I guess he's he's been named All Pro again, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So um, they've got a good quarterback. Uh, they've got some weapons offensively. They play defense. They've got a good spirit about them. I mean, they they mirror the personality of their head coach and. Yeah, you know, I've I've not thought of them, frankly, as a Super Bowl contender, but you know maybe we're a win away from 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 having to think of them <laughs> yeah. in that respect. So, yeah, you know, they're trying to avoid being SOL. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the Natty State. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.